Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to a very sad Wash the Jersey episode of a Colts podcast presented by Sports Illustrated Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon, and I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Tough loss today. You were there. Your heart is hurting as well. How are you feeling? How was the environment? Uh, what's up? Environment was good. I it was it was a packed house there at Luke Soil Stadium and the fans were, were really bringing it it was it was pretty loud throughout the game so I thought I thought the environment was good uh and and the Colts the Colts at one at a couple of different points I thought that the Colts had had it in the bag and the Colts were gonna sneak out with the victory and and once again and they did the not Colts, once again the Colts lose to a very good team but they were up by double digits and and then they end up given the game away and that's really what they did today the Colts I think we're gonna we're gonna see a theme throughout this episode is that the Colts beat themselves once again and and it's really tough because you had that opportunity against the Super Bowl champions and you weren't able to capitalize on and that I think that's what stings the most is it was right in front of them to take and the Colts gave the ball away gave the game away I should say well, they gave the ball away plenty of times as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, they ended up kind of going hand-in-hand, hand, those two things. Uh, yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, I didn't think we had much of a shot going into the game, and, of course, you know, it works out to being a close game, getting our hopes up. And, you know, I was really excited to get the opportunity at a double dip there at the end of the first half and start of the second. Um, Colts Twitter is imploding today. I believe that. I've not uh, been partaking Uh because I don't feel like hearing about it, but um, it was a close game. I, you know, like I told you before we started, I kind of the second that strip sack happened down in the red zone, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna go just how we thought it might have. Um, couldn't take care of the ball today. The refs didn't give us any help. Um, I don't think this game. You believe it or not, I, I'm not gonna blame Frank as much. Uh, for this game, as as people might think I would, because uh, that's typically who I'm going after in these situations. Um, just another quality team loss. Uh, you can't really blame the defense when they generate three turnovers. Uh, you know, even though they all of a sudden just couldn't. Leonard Fournette looked like he was running against college players again. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm fine. Before we dig in here on this Colts loss to the Bucks, 31-38. I uh, just want to remind everybody to go follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at a Colts podcast. Real simple, uh, at a, a Colts podcast. Andrew, I like the Colts, I you know, and I really like podcasts. What should I do? I think you should go listen to a Colts podcast. You listen to a Colts podcast, and then you should tell your friends to listen to a Colts podcast. Um, <laughs> Ricky, I like your uh, picture there, F Cancer. Yeah, and also, yeah, bullshit penalties. I agree with you there. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it starts with the turnovers. Lose the turnover battle, 5-3. to three. Five turnovers. Um, a couple of them, you know, egregious. And maybe one that should have been pass interference. Maybe not because I actually think it was pass interference, but right after a ticky-tack call, you know, in the favor of the Buccaneers um, against Rock. You know, you turn around, you see that, and it looked like... Full speed, okay, once we watch it in slow motion, watch a replay over and over, you end up seeing that, nah, he didn't really push Michael Pittman Jr. back. That was more uh, 
Pittman moving on his own, but at full speed, it looked like the guy yanked him backwards. Uh, and I couldn't, be- I couldn't believe there wasn't a flag. Yeah, the, the penalties definitely seemed like they favored the Buccaneers today. The, the Rocky Sin pass interference, the pass interference call on the third down again inside yeah. the red zone where TJ Carey just made a really great play on the ball and, yep. and they called it and then the Buccaneers were able to score on that. And, and then there was that, other, that one point where they almost called pass interference on, on Rocky Sin again. And, and the reason yeah. why they didn't was because Darius tipped the ball, thankfully. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was tough to see. And, and you're not going to win very many games when you lose the turnover battle. It's pretty, pretty simple. And the Colts this year have been on the, on the good side of that. They're, they're plus, they were before this game, they were plus 15 in turnover differential. And then the Colts really haven't turned yeah. the ball over that much this year. Yeah, but five turnovers against the Super Bowl champions and against Tom Brady. By the way, Tom Brady really wasn't the reason that the that the Buccaneers won today. Tom Brady didn't beat the Colts. The Colts beat themselves. And, yeah. and when you're and and I mean maybe you could look at it as as four to three. I would guess or four to two. However, wherever it was, because the last throw to on the the hail mary from Wentz was was picked off as well. Yeah. But but at the same time, when when you fumble the ball like Zach Pascal did, when when you get beat like Eric Fisher did by just by Shaq Barrett. Yeah. And then the muffed punt by ne- my Naheem Hines deep inside Colts territory that one hurt. where, where the Colts had had the Buccaneers on the ropes at that point, Th- those kill, those kill the, the momentum. They shifted it all the way over to the bucks and the Colts really, the Colts couldn't do anything. It seemed like when one phase was doing well, the other phase of the game wasn't. So when the defense was hot to start out the game, the Colts offense started out real slow. And then when the Colts offense started to get it going, the Colts defense took a step back and then just compile that with the turnovers that they just didn't put together a complete game. There were at times where they showed that they could hang with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. They showed it throughout most of the game. But when you turn it over to that many times and you're unable to capitalize on the Buccaneers turnovers because the Buccaneers turned it over what? A couple times in the first half. And I know for a fact the Colts didn't get anything on one of them. I'm not sure about the other. But then uh, right after that first the first uh, drive by the Buccaneers where the punt, the punt gets shanked, I'm not even sure oh, if it's yeah. blocked or not. And the Colts couldn't even do anything with that. They we just got, got three, three points. points. So – when you when you can't turn those into seven, especially it's the team as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're going to struggle, and then you just get in your own way by creating too many self inflicted turnovers. Because I mean, and I th- I think for me at least, it's the muff punt by Naheem Hines, and the dropped catch or the, the fumble off the catch by Zach Pascal. Those were the two that that absolutely hurt the most for the Colts today. Yeah, what what was the other Wentz interception? The one at the end of the game that, nah, I mean, that was, a, I, don't, I don't like that those go in the stat book, but they do um, on the Hail Mary, you know, end of the game pass. But who, I, I don't even remember the other one. The one, the Pittman, the one that, that Antoine Winfield. Oh, that's Winfield. right, yeah. Okay, yeah, goodness gracious, we just talked about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a little ridiculous. That I mean, every once in a while when you throw a deep ball, you're, there's going to be a pick. Brady had one today, too. Mm-hmm. Um and you Which, said, by the like way, you great said, catch by Isaiah Rogers. Phenomenal interception yeah. by Isaiah Rogers. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, like you said, Brady didn't win that game, but he sure as hell didn't lose it for him. Uh right. and, and and neither did once. I'm I'm 
I'm pretty well happy with Wednesday. Three touchdown passes, the two interceptions. Neither one really, I would say, really his fault. Um, and again, not a great completion percentage, but he was over 300 yards. Um, I think we scored 21 points in the second quarter. 20, yeah, about tw- yeah, I believe it was 24 and a half. Yeah, well, yeah. So, um, I mean, we played a good football game. It's just the, those the turnovers. We, I felt like that was the most possessions in the history of a football game. It seemed like a lot, a lot of possessions. End of going the first quarter, first I think. Quarter. I end of the first quarter, I think both teams had the ball three or four times. It was outrageous. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of possessions. Um, but yeah, let's try to get back on track here. I'm scatterbrained here. Uh, the, the turnovers were the difference and we don't typically lose that, that battle. Um, I was hoping the defense could make something happen there on that last drive. Um, you know, but I, I was kind of hoping, uh, Darius could knock one out again. I mean, it's unbelievable. Just a direct, I don't know how close, I don't know in the stadium what angles they show for certain replays, but I mean, you, it, every week it's just like you're seeing a replay him cocking back and just pop. Uh, throwing a oh, throwing yeah. a stiff right through. Oh yeah, they showed it, and then the second one, which he didn't get, but mm-hmm. when it was on the opposite side of the field from me, I saw Darius square up, and I saw him cock back. I'm like, and I, for a split second, I thought, is he going to do it again? And then it looked like he hurt his wrist, which was kind of boring. I, some. you know, it's it's funny you said that today because I never thought about like him spraining his wrist or something, punch, trying to punch like that. And today that that hit my brain, and now mm-hmm. you bring it up. That's funny. Um. Anything else about the turnovers, Andrew? We don't it's lose just, that turnover just, battle often. so We don't, and I, I think if the Colts don't lose it today, and, and the thing is, Zach Pascal, that was his first career fumble. Wow. It, Naheem Hines, most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, Naheem Hines is pretty sure-handed on punt returns and, and, and fielding those kicks. Yeah. Just you, you can't have those types of mistakes, especially against a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that normally capitalizes on them, and and that's just just too too good of an uh, too good all around of a team for the Colts to be able to come back from that. They almost did, but again, it's against these really good teams where the Colts really need to put these two these the two halves together, all four quarters. They did it. They've only done it one time against Buffalo against Baltimore. They didn't against Tennessee. They haven't. And against Tampa Bay today, they didn't. And that's what, that's what cost them the game. Yeah. Um, I agree. And then this is, I, you know, he, uh, Matt mentioned Twitter imploding today. And then this seems to be the subject for the most part. Colts get away from the run game. Um, Wentz throws the ball 44 times. You mentioned, I already mentioned that. Um, there was at one point 27 passes straight, and that's what everybody's all pissy about. 44 passes, 20 runs. The first half, Jonathan Taylor, it was, it was, it appeared that it was starting to open up. It appeared that JT was, it was still just a little at a time, but over and over and over again, it was like he was gaining a little bit more and a little bit more. So I was hoping into the second half. I, we were we texted about it. We were talking at halftime. I said, now we just need to control the ball, keep Tom Brady off the field, run the football. Um, and then we get this 27 straight passes. And, and like I said, this is the contention point on Twitter. Reich basically says after the game that a lot of those were RPOs that Carson checked out of the or took the pass option. What do you think about that 27 straight number? 
I probably would have liked to have seen more design runs. Frank Reich did say that a lot of those were RPO calls and, and looking at the defense, I was from where I, from where I sit, my, my seats are behind the field goal post. So I try, you can try to read the defense and that's what I was trying to do. The, the Buccaneers were playing the run a ton. They were making sure to try to take Jonathan Taylor out of the game. They were loading up the box on almost every single play. Yeah. And that's why on those RPOs they, that you see Carson Wentz would, would bring it back and, and start to pat and try, I can't talk, start to throw the ball or, or try to get yeah. it out to his receiver. I would have liked to see more designed runs called in that because I understand that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the number one rushing defense. I understand that the Colts didn't necessarily get off to a hot start while running the ball. And and I'm fine with maybe even 10 passes, 10 to 15 passes in a row, but 27 straight throws. That's where it's like, uh, you, you, you can't go that one sided with things. And, And I, and I know that the Colts ran it, however many times in a row last week, but at the same time, it's because Jonathan Taylor couldn't be stopped. Carson Wentz, while he was having success, it wasn't to the magnitude that Jonathan Taylor was. And we know that Jonathan Taylor is the best player on this Colts offense. So you want to make sure you keep him involved and, and whether that is design runs to try to keep the, the defense honest, that's what I would have liked to have seen. I don't have a problem with the RPO calls because if you've watched my or if you read my Wednesday series, the Colts thrive in RPOs. And that's why well, we were moving the football to too. Exactly. They were moving the football. So I don't have a problem with calling all those RPOs, but just sprinkle or mix in some of those design runs to keep Jonathan Taylor involved. He ended up with it's 16 carries. 27 on the straights day. too many. What I, your point is 27 straight is too many, even if it's RPOs. And, and that's right. just the, even if it's the right read. Mm-hmm. So you have to throw in, we're running the football on this play. We're not checking out, you know what I mean? Unless it's a disastrous, you know, situation where it's it's all red lights, you got to throw the ball. Um, I mean, we, you have to throw in some, like you said, design runs. We're running the football. I don't care what they're showing. There was one point, I think it was in the first half, um, Greg Olson talked about he he was they, he was one of the commentators. Today. Did you know we we're on Fox? I was surprised to see us on Fox. I guess since we were playing the pa- the, the Patriots, excuse me, uh, the Bucks. Um, but anyway, uh, I think there were only five guys, five or six guys in the box, including the linemen. They had, like Matt said in the chat here, there were a lot of five down linemen a lot mm-hmm. uh, against us today. But we had like a third and short situation. We threw the football instead, which I think we ended up still getting the first down. We were just kind of surprised by that decision. So there's other situations too where Carson might have made that read, but I'm not 100% sure they were all the correct read. And we saw the last the last real drive of the game. The Colts gave it to Jonathan Taylor, and the Colts were able to oh, eat up some you, clock did you see that? right down the field. Yeah, and so, then eating up the clock ended up killing us. Well, at the same time, I thought that the Colts would be able to, to at least put up a fight against Leonard Fournette. Didn't know that oh he would God. be turned into, into playoff Lenny today. Yeah. But... but I, I really just wish that, and I'm not going to kill Frank Reich because I think for the most part, Frank Reich had a good game. Yeah. I, I especially, I especially loved him going for it both times. I even tweeted out, go for it because the Colts offense, the Colts defense was hot at the time. Yep. And, and the Colts knew that they, that field goals weren't going to cut it today. They just, I was fine going and they, with they, it both times. they needed to, they needed to keep, keep the pressure on the bucks. And, I, and I'm glad that Frank Reich did it. So I'm not going to bash Frank Reich. 
but I would still like to see more design runs for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, yeah, Vita Vea is a huge clog in there, but at the same time, we saw what happened. It's not like he was an invincible wall. The Colts still had yeah. some success running the ball, especially late in the game. Do you know he lost the tooth? I did not. I did not know that he lost his, the tooth. I don't know if he got a hand to the face or something, but his helmet came up on a play, and then he caught somebody's somebody's helmet right to his mouth. You saw the tooth fly out. Ooh, ooh. It was and then he's over on the sidelines smiling, blood bleeding out of his mouth. I think it just broke hurt. in half. But, yeah, it was literally – it was like hockey lost a tooth. Um, you mentioned their their, their run defense. Um, they didn't – I mean, similar to the Bills, they haven't played any great running def, you know teams, running offenses, Cowboys, Falcons, Rams, Patriots, Dolphins, Eagles – Bears, Saints without Alvin Kamara, if I remember correctly, Washington, and the Giants. And the Giants, I mean, they have Saquon, but they're still they're a dumpster fire. So even though they got a win today, um, but I mean, so again, like we did, we didn't let that stop us with the Bills. Why? I just don't understand why we let that shake us um, in this football game. Is all. And I think I think it's a it's just different because Jonathan Taylor was having so much success early against the Bills. I mean, we've talked about how many times now that Frank Reich likes to run, like likes to ride the high hand. Well, today it seemed like was was Carson Wentz in the passing offense. I mean, at first it certainly didn't start out that way because I mean yeah. Pittman Pittman started off real bad, and yeah. I'm thankful that he was able to to pull himself out of that slump and he made some really good catches later in the game. But I mean, him, him falling down on, on two third downs where he just, where he dropped the ball or he fell down on his, on his cut. Yeah. That, that definitely hurt. But then you saw Carson Wentz start to get into rhythm. And I think it yeah. all started with that bomb to Ashton Doolin, which, oh, oh my yeah. God, what a, what a pretty ball to Ashton Doolin for 62 yards for the TD. And I think that's what kind of started everything. Carson Wentz kind of settled down after that. He started getting into a rhythm. He didn't start rushing things. There were many times where I saw Carson Wentz stand in the pocket and and just step up and deliver a very nice throw. So I'm excited to watch the film. And I think that's what that's what Carson that's what Frank Reich saw is he saw Carson starting to get into a rhythm. He saw the Colts start having success in the passing game. And that's why he started riding the high hand. But I still 21 straight passes, still too much. There has to be more design runs in there to keep the defense honest. And you, when you have Jonathan Taylor back there, an MVP candidate, yeah. you got to make it a, make him a priority, get him the ball. I'm not saying force it to him, yeah, but but incorporate him in the offense in some way. Matt says the dude behind him in the stadium wanted Reich fired at halftime. Right at, by the way, right after a touchdown, uh, before the end of the half, that's says that's why he hates Reich. He's too aggressive. Should have taken the field goal. Yeah, those seven points looked a lot better on the scoreboard to me, pal. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm saying both of those were, you know, ones we should have gone for, is is probably not over aggression. Because I'm, right. I'm I'm more conservative you're, you're than usually, you are. You're usually on the conservative side, which is which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I'm oh, well, early in the game, it. I you know, like I just there's certain situations where you have to go for it, and you know it. Frank, what was it? Uh, Kiefer tweeted out today. I'll say this for Frank Reich: he's never seen a he's never seen a fourth down that he can't go for. <laughs> Something <laughs> along those lines. That's a it good was, tweet. He's never met a fourth down that he he he's not willing to go for. Um. Anything else on the run? I mean, it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not even beat up about this loss. I'm not as upset about it as I thought I'd be. I don't love the way it happened, but 
that's a good football team that we just ran with um, again and should have won. And, and and that's frustrating, but like I, I feel good about the rest of our schedule uh, minus maybe the Patriots. So yeah, I, 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 I'll give my final thoughts when we're done talking about the Colts, but there's, there's, there's reason to look up, but there's also reason to be concerned as well. In my opinion, that's fair. Uh, defense started out hot. Uh, they fade throughout the game. Just can't stop Fournette. 131 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, and you left out the other all-star of the game, Rob Gronkowski. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it just felt like any time Brady was in a jam, Rob was there to bail him out. And it felt like Fournette was the one having success um, on the early downs. Uh, what did Gronk have? Let's see here. Seven receptions, 123 yards. Can't believe he didn't have a touchdown. Uh, but I mean, both of those guys, just a killer game. Yeah. And, and I was, I was surprised with how, how well Leonard Fournette played because this Colts, this Colts rushing defense has been so solid all year, but it just seemed like on every single run Fournette was picking up about five yards of carry. He was kind of doing seeing what we see Jonathan Taylor do to teams where he might not necessarily break a huge gain every time, but he's still going to get something. And he was getting those third downs into third and manageable for the Buccaneers and not, not having a third and long the Colts, as far as getting pressure on Tom Brady, I, I didn't think they, they did too bad. I mean, Quiddy pay got his third sack, third straight sack DeForest Buckner was able to, to apply pressure, but it just seemed like the, 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 the defensive line couldn't get off their blocks in the running game. The Buccaneers, the offensive line did a really good job of keeping the Colts kind of wrapped up in that regard. And you saw Leonard Fournette go to the second level multiple times because we saw Darius Leonard and Bobby O'Karake constantly having to wrap up Leonard Fournette. And then there was obviously there was some missed tackles as well. Anderson Dejo constantly missing tackles. George Odom had a few where where he wasn't able to wrap up. And then you talk about Rob Gronkowski. The the Buccaneers I thought did a really good job of when the Colts were in cover two, really using the seam to to get Rob Gronkowski involved. Because as soon as he would get behind Darius Leonard, in between Leonard and and George Odom deep, Brady would fire right over the top of Leonard's head. And and Leonard tried. Leonard tried to get back there. He was so close to knocking some of those down. He was so close on multiple occasions. And and I thought Darius Leonard probably had one of his better games of this year, to be honest with you. He played well. It's just Brady is Brady and Brady and Gronk have been doing that for, for years now where Brady just drops it right in. And then Gronkowski is a freak train and it's, you, it's hard to bring him down with just one guy. So that's especially where it, where it the Colts. DBs. Right. And the thing, the Colts actually did a pretty good job on the wide receivers. Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin yeah. really didn't do anything. It yeah. was Leonard Fournette and Rob Gronkowski that really tore the Colts up today. Yeah. And ghost pass interference calls. Uh, yeah, I mean the one on Miller, Scott, it was on Scotty Miller, wasn't it rocks? I think so. Yeah, that was egregious. That was hand fighting. That was soft ass hand fighting. If anything, between both of them. Um, so that's rocks. That's rocks. First defensive pass interference call of the year, which is pretty incredible that we got to week 12. That just kind of shows how good Rocky sin has been playing this year and how much he has changed the way he plays. He hasn't been panicking. He's been able to stick with wide receivers and he really hasn't gotten beat. And and I mean, I, in the replay, I did see a small tug of the Jersey 
But at the same time, like you mentioned, him and Scotty Miller were both hand fighting. I don't think it was anything that really impeded Scotty Miller that enough that it would have had any effect on him being able to catch the ball. Yeah, it didn't impede a thing. Uh and and where where the referee that made the call was standing, he couldn't see that jersey grab anyway. So um yeah, Fournette, like you said, I mean, looked like he was running against college kids again. Uh, we couldn't tackle, couldn't tackle him or Gronk. Um, Darius Leonard caught himself a nasty stiff arm from Leonard Fournette. Kenny Moore gets run over by Gronk. Odom gets run over, bounces off of Gronk. I mean, there was there was no stopping those two guys today, but I like your point uh, about those other weapons that we were really worried about. They didn't do much. Right. And credit, credit. I'm going to credit Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes had a very good good game game today. I mean, he, he almost got that interception on the first drive when, when Brady was trying to feed it to Gronk, but but Xavier Rhodes, I didn't have a single issue with how he played. I thought he was very physical, but you saw his all out effort today, which sometimes hasn't been that way in the past. And, And I think, I think having a full where I think this was might've been the first week of practice where Xavier Rhodes wasn't on the injury report. So it looks like maybe he is getting finally getting over that, that calf injury. And that'd be great to see, but he played well. Isaiah Rogers played well. I thought rock is sitting outside of the defensive pass interference call, which shouldn't have been called. I thought rock played pretty well. So the quarterbacks really did a good job. It was more, the, like we like we mentioned, the running of the ball and and kind of the passes over the middle to Rob Gronkowski that that really that really hurt the Colts and and maybe maybe if you have Julian Blackman or or Kari Willis out there, things a little bit, but but still it seemed like the, the Buccaneers were really on point and focusing their their attack on the middle of the field where throughout the Colts defense. Do you not have a Colts player of the game today, Andrew? Oh, no, I I'm do. looking. I, I always forget that that's all the way at the end and not at the beginning. <laughs> Another lead loss for the Colts against a good team. Uh, can't seal the deal. I thought we had gotten over. Uh, I thought we had gotten over the uh, not playing both halves situation. Uh, and it turns out. That is exactly what we're we're going to continue to do, um, at least when we play good football teams. Yeah, and this is kind of where I was getting getting to when I said there's reason to look up and there's reason to kind of be a little bit concerned. And I, we'll, we'll start with the concerned area, and, and it's, it's happening again. The Colts against good teams, they don't have a problem getting out to a lead against against Tennessee against Baltimore and against but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers each time the Colts have had double digit leads against these teams but they can't finish the job whether it's the defense just absolutely collapsing against Baltimore whether it's it's Carson Wentz and his bonehead decisions and against Tennessee whether it's it's the Buccaneers and against today and and all the turnovers it's just something that the Colts just can't put the full game together. And I I don't think it's a, a matter of not keeping the foot on the gas because I think they absolutely did that today. It's just the execution wasn't there and they haven't been able to put together all three, all four quarters. And, and that's, that is concerning because these are the teams you're going to face. If you do have the, if you do end up making the playoffs, these, these are the teams that the Colts will have to face because I mean, while, while Tennessee lost again today, so did the Colts. So the Colts didn't make up 
any ground yeah, on Patriots Tennessee helped today, us, but we didn't help ourselves. Right. So, I mean, while the door for the AFC South is open just a sliver, today was huge. The Colts really needed to win if they wanted to to really put pressure on Tennessee. So you're probably looking at a six or seven seat. So you're going to you're either going to be playing in Foxborough against New England, in Buffalo, in Baltimore, in Tennessee. One of these, one of these yeah. really, t- maybe even Kansas City. One of these really tough places to go and play and it's going to be against a really good team you have to find a way to close these games out and you have to find a way to execute and 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 really put these teams away and and we've seen it one time this year against buffalo and and i i was on i was on board with you as well i thought i thought we had finally seen where the colts have turned the corner on this but obviously they have not. We kind of need to see it more consistently now. But I, I will say this, as, as as far as looking up, I mean, you can't deny that the Colts, the Colts went, went head-to-head with the Super Bowl champions and almost beat them. They, they, they should have beat them. And, and I think that's, what the, that's what's so frustrating about these Colts losses to these teams because you can make a case that the Colts outplayed Baltimore, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay in every single one of those games and the Colts should have probably won. So the Colts have the talent, I believe to do that. It's just, you got to close it out. That's part of it. And I think I've said this multiple times on the show. That's the difference between a good playoff team and a team that misses the playoffs is you have to close out these games. And until the Colts can really learn how to do that, hopefully this cycle doesn't continue, but it, it seems like it will. So that it's something to be excited about that the Colts can play up to these teams, but you got to finish the game out. And I think that's what the, where the Colts are sitting right now. Not a lot of hope. Uh, isn't it for the, for the Titans losing many more games. They've got the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Texans again. Um, and isn't, Hen- I, I think I saw Henry could be back late December. So Very that's going to help. There's, there's AJ Brown could be back or in about three to four weeks. Derek Henry, it's still not known if he can make it back before the end of the regular season. Okay, because the Niners are towards the end of December. That's the twenty third. So, um, oh, hey, you know what, Tyler? If Miami beats Tennessee, thanks. We'll be ever grateful. Uh, for that that victory by the uh, Miami Dolphins. But until then, uh, we'll believe it when I see it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't feel good about losing. I don't feel good about being 6-6. Six and six. Um, But at the end of the day, I think we've gotten better as the season's gone on. We've been able to tie... We've been able to find ways to win some football games, and I'm hoping that if we can just squeak in, maybe by the time the playoffs come around, we've got we've got uh you know winning football games figured out. Um, but we still got to get there, and we got a ways to go. So, I think at this point the Colts can get in at ten and seven, but they'll need a, a huge amount of help. I if the Colts can go. 11 and six and really hammer these last five games out. I I'm very confident they'll, they'll get a a wild card berth. 10 and seven might just do it though. I I think if they can win, especially if they win all their AFC opponents and if they've lose to lose to uh, Arizona, I think that's going to help them drastically is having that, that big conference 
win percentage on their side because that's one of the besides head to head that's one of the top tiebreakers for for those final playoff spots I don't know how I feel about the game against Cardinals I I guess we'll see how healthy they are at that point but not great Patriots the way they've been looking I don't feel great about that one so those are the two biggest ones I'm worried about Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll see I'm just glad I get to watch the Patriots game. I'm glad that got moved to a Saturday night. That worked out really well for me uh, because that Sunday I'll be traveling back home from uh, Atlanta area. So that works for me. Uh, <laughs> Hard Knocks episode two. What'd you think? It was good. I I'm I'm not I don't lo- I don't love I don't love it. You, you're not a fan of the the Hard Knocks in season series the storylines are just not the same you know not having that fringe guy that might get cut might not um i don't know it's different i don't hate it but i don't love it i don't don't like it as much as i thought i would i i I really like seeing the preparation aspect that goes into it and i what 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 my main takeaway from this week's episode is Bubba Ventrone is going to be a head coach in the NFL someday. The Colts special teams coordinator. This is two weeks in a row where he has prepped his guys and, and predicted exactly what's going to happen. He has said, well, before the Buffalo game, he said, Isaiah McKenzie, he has a tendency to turn the ball over. And I think he's probably going to do it. Give us an opportunity on a kickoff. Sure enough. What happens? Isaiah McKenzie fumbles the ball. And he did that the week before as well, talking about the blocked punt. And so this Colts, the uh, Bubba Ventron and the Colts special teams unit, well, they didn't have their best day today with the Naheem Hines fumble, but they're always so prepared. And Bubba Ventron always yeah. has his group so ready to play. And that's why I think just him being so prepared and having those guys out there and ready, I think Bubba Ventron is going to be a head coach someday in the league. And I I think he's a phenomenal coach as well. Could be. Matt says he likes seeing the behind the scenes of team meetings and the position meals and stuff like that. Um, I enjoyed that too. How about Big Grove? slapping a little coca-cola in his uh buffalo or his his barbecue sauce that was a wild move am i going to try that <laughs> absolutely um, oh yeah i would i i didn't think about stuff you know the the positional groups getting together to do stuff like that i thought that was cool i enjoyed the uh you know a little bit of frank behind the scenes back with his bills bills days that was really cool like i like to see how the team was supporting him through that um but yeah, I mean, just in regards to compelling TV, this is this is not up to par, you know, compared to I think the uh, the regular preseason hard knocks. It is cool to see though that the guys hang out outside yeah. of the facility, and they're, they're all really close. Those position groups are all really close. I mean, the, the running backs all having the running backs on three, and, one, two, three, running back, and then having having Grover Stewart cook all that food for all of those defensive linemen. That was that was pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, man, I I gotta try that. He put some butter in there. He put some barbecue oh, yeah. sauce. Put a little Coca Cola. Man, oh yeah. That that'd be pretty good on some on some chicken thighs on some. And some Frank said. Quarters. Frank said. Frank said that sauce was legendary. I'm gonna have to get me some of that in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> One and I, I like that you brought up the point that that Frank Reich was meeting with some of his Bills teammates and. It was really cool to see. I mean, Bruce Smith, an all-time legendary pass rusher. The guy has two hundred had two hundred sacks in his career, most all time. That's wild. And to seventy six different quarterbacks. 
to see DeForest Buckner come up there and, and, and introduce himself and, and Frank Reich wanted DeForest to meet Bruce Smith because, and, and you could just see the admiration that Frank Reich has for DeForest Buckner and his talents just gushing about DeForest Buckner to Bruce Smith. I thought that was really cool. Brown's going to Brown. Um, yeah. Other than, I mean, that that's it. It was good. It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep watching it. You know what I mean? It's just not. Then Jonathan Taylor just absolutely dominated. Yeah, that was, that was cool. a lot of fun. I mean, we knew what this episode was going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's go to week 12, week 12 scores. Uh, this NFL season's drunk. It's ridiculous. I can't even nail a Thanksgiving Day uh, parlay. Um, Same here, brother. Let's, I got absolutely destroyed yeah good thing you didn't uh take that that cowboy spread not that it ended up mattering anyway uh bears barely beat the lions embarrassing uh 16 to 14 uh but andy dalton gets it done uh because he's the best quarterback on that football team man vegas does it again man the line was two and a half and the bears won by two just i don't understand how they do it but that's i guess that's just how vegas is but yeah that was a pretty pretty boring game and i mean i i didn't even know think jared goff was gonna play jared goff comes out and i i feel bad for him because he just has zero weapons the the lions are a dumpster fire damn campbell doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing calling the plays so i yeah i have no words for the lions anymore they're not good uh Raiders speaking of Vegas uh decided to come out and beat the Cowboys 36 to 33. I said if the Cowboys didn't win this game, I do not think the Cowboys are a legitimate. They'll make the playoffs, but they are not going to be a threat in the playoffs at all. Pretty sure that game started at 4:30, did not get over till 8:30. It was terrible. Because there were 28 accepted penalties sean hockley and his crew ought to be ashamed of themselves that was a atrocious football to watch absolutely atrocious i hated every single second of it it seemed like there was a flag on every single play joe buck and troy aikman hated it too it was i just i mean the nfl is officiating i just absolutely hate talking about it because i want i just want to watch good football i want to talk about good football i don't want to talk about guys that shouldn't have jobs calling these NFL games. And I saw another penalty today. 75% of the referees are. Saw another penalty today that and nobody knew exactly what happened saying somebody was lined up in the neutral zone on a punt. nobody nobody could figure out who was who it was. They called it on this guy didn't look at all. I mean no more than any other situation that just randomly. So it's just shit like that constantly. Yeah. Uh every game um Throughout the league, by the way, so just so we're clear about our Colts bias. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Bills 31, Saints 6. Did not expect the Bills to bounce back quite that hard, uh, but the Saints are just not good without James Winston or Drew Brees. Uh, yeah, I mean, Trevor Simeon can't do anything. Taysom Hill, they obviously didn't want to put him in at quarterback. He's I think still, he's still dealing with he, an injury. injury yeah, yeah, with the injury. I think it's time. I think it's time for Ian Book to be thrown out there. The old Notre Dame quarterback can't can't hurt because you got Dame two, two trash quarterbacks. Hey. Throw throw in Ian Book. We'll see what happens. By the way, I'm no Michigan fan. 
but I hate Ohio <laughs> State almost as much as I hate the Patriots. So I loved, loved Michigan getting that win yesterday. Nice to see Harbaugh finally get get his first victory oh, yeah. against Good Ohio old Jimmy. State. Uh, here's a here's a shocker of the day: Bengals forty one, Steelers ten. It was thirty one to three at halftime. My didn't Steelers want, plus see, seven and a half did not go well. Didn't see any of this game, but every time they showed the Steelers Bengals game, there was a little cheer in Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, unfortunately, Colts couldn't capitalize on it. But yeah, looks sounded like uh, old Joe Burrow was was back to slinging the pill all around the field. Um, yeah, I didn't really watch any of that one either. It was the other local game, and I was not changing the station. So, uh, Dolphins thirty three, Panthers ten. I kind of expected that one to go that way. I I don't know if I did or not. I think I said it would be a close game. It turns out it was a blowout, but the Dolphins seem to be turning things around, and I think it's because their defense is finally starting to come together. Um, I think the honeymoon has already worn off for Cam Newton and the Panthers. So. Oh, yeah, very quickly. He's back. Um, hey, how about these apples? Tyler sent me this stat. Back-to-back games with 80-plus percentage completion percentage um, since 1950. Tua... Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, minimum of 30 pass attempts uh, for each of those games. So he's on a short list of guys. Congrats to Tua. I really don't know if that means anything against a, a bad Panthers defense, but hey, good good for Tua. Patriots 36, Titans 13. Uh, that also was a larger margin than I expected. Larger margin. Uh, but I'm glad the Patriots got it done. Ryan Tannehill is all by himself right now. And his number one Cam wide receiver, benched. his number one wide receiver, I think, is uh, Chester Rogers at this point. So Titans are Titans are limping their way to try to get this uh, this AFC South crown. Yeah, Waddle did Patriots, go off for my, Miami. I Patriots benched him in one good. of the leagues. Patriots, Patriots look good. really good. Um, I saw some a tweet today. People owe Bill Belichick apologies. Um, Giants thirteen, Eagles seven. That one, another shock. I mean. What is going on? Did you pick the Giants or did you pick the Eagles? We both picked the Eagles. I think we picked the Eagles. I, I think Jalen Hurts was picked off three times by the Jeez. Giants, and that, that kind of led to everything. So I saw one good, of those picks. It was Jaylen him Hurts. falling away, running, like while running. It was a terrible decision. Um, but yeah, Falcons 21, Jags 14. Did you pick the you picked the Falcons, didn't you? I picked the Jags. You know me <laughs> every single time. Doesn't matter what Did happens. I end up picking opposite of you and going with the Falcons? I think you did. Oh, that's so awesome. There's a win for you. That's good because this next one's a win for me as well. Jets 21, Texans 14. That's true. I think you, you probably passed me by again in the pick'em standings. Or I thought the, Texans, thought the Texans would actually put up a fight after seeing what they did against Tennessee and then – I mean, you let Zach Wilson kind of go right on over you. So good. I mean, good for Zach Wilson. Broncos 28, Chargers 13. Didn't see any of this game, but uh, the Chargers are like the ultimate up and down team. I mean, you put up 41 on the Steelers the week before, and then you only put 13 up on the Broncos. So, I mean, I love Justin Herbert, but I don't know. Coaching. I really don't know what this what this Chargers team is right now. That's got to be coaching, right? Not being able to keep your guys focused after a win like that. That I mean, that's just my assumption. I didn't watch any of the game. Uh, Packers-Rams, 36-28. Packers win. Uh, that was a decent football game. That's the that's the afternoon game I chose to watch. It seemed like uh, we were 
I was listening to it on the way home. It seemed like the Packers, it wasn't as close as the score indicates. The Packers were, were up 36 to 17 at one point, and it seemed like uh, Matty Stafford and the Rams offense was kind of struggling there for, for quite a bit of the game. Defenses just have these guys figured out, apparently. Uh, also, though, Sean McVay, little, little uh, laugh and wink over at uh, his buddy Matt LaFleur in the middle of the game, too. Like a little sideline to side. Like they were laughing about something. It was hilarious. Um, 49ers, 34. Vikings, 26. Just can't hit. Couldn't pick a game this week. Couldn't pick a game this week. Neither, neither could I, brother. But, hey, 49ers seem to have woken up after that Colts loss. They, yeah. They're starting to put together some games. They're starting to get healthy. Debo's going off. George Kittle's back. Jimmy Bro. Garoppolo's been able to handle it. I mean, the 49ers, do the 49ers end up squeaking into the playoffs in a terrible NFC? Maybe. We'll Could. see. Vikings, the Vikings had to call a timeout because Kirk Cousin lined up under the guard. I'm not shitting you. I, I'll i have to send you the link. Yeah, lined you, you up like under that, the guard, and the guard turns around, he pushes over. And, you like that? You like that guard? You like that? Screaming at his guard. Um, hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> the guard turns around. He's like, you need to go. And Madison, it was Madison or Cook ran up behind him and pushed it. They had to call a timeout because the, the play clock was running down. He was getting ready so to call just, cadence under the, was, under the guard. <laughs> I wondered what was going on because I was listening to Sirius uh, Radio and they were doing the Vikings broadcast. And the Vikings color commentators were screaming. The dude's like, call a timeout. I was like, why is this dude screaming like this? Apparently that's why. Uh, hilarious uh we did forget to do this andrew stat stats matt here did you oh wrong one oh that look at that he brought up what i was talking about uh something we didn't talk about was the mathis halftime how was that it was pretty cool uh there was a lot of former i did not cry but i had a big smile on my face uh it was i texted you though it was very fitting that they put robert mathis's name in the ring of honor right next to Dwight Freeney. Um, Dwight Freeney was there on stage with Robert Mathis to to welcome him into the Ring of Honor. Um, plenty of former Colts. I mean, Edron James, Reggie Wayne, Pat McAfee, Adam Vinatieri, Gary Brackett, Cato June, Chuck Pagano was there. Um, it was Jaquel Jackson. It was good to see all those all those guys back there. I think Antoine Bethea was back. So it was good to see Robert Mathis. I mean, the all-time leader, a Colts franchise leader, I should say, in sacks, all-time NFL leader in, in strip sacks, um, very very well deserved. And I think Unofficial it's sack. just this it's just the start. But I I think Robert Mathis eventually will end up in the Hall of Fame as Did well. Did you catch uh, the interview with Pat on Pat's show? It was good. Good recommendation by not. Matt. It was good. You should listen to it. Um, news around the beat league. Uh, Bills cornerback Tredavious White suffers a torn ACL versus the Saints out for the remainder of the year. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown placed on IR with a chest injury. Not much news around the NFL, but uh, the Tredavious White injury definitely hurts the Bills secondary because he was there. He's one of the top corners in the NFL. He usually follows around the top wide receiver of the other team, and that's certainly going to hurt this team moving forward, especially when we get into the AFC playoffs. All right. It's time for Andrews Colts player of the game. 
WWJD, baby. Yeah. Jack Doyle gets the player of the game. The dude made so many clutch catches today. So many third down conversions. He gets a touchdown. Jack Doyle's really been coming on the second half of the year, and I think it's because him and Carson Wentz starting to develop that rapport. So it was good to see. You always love a good a good Jack Doyle game, and, and I wish the Colts could have pulled it out for him. But uh, Jack Doyle, his first appearance this season as a Colts player of the game. Uh, yeah, it, literally at the end of the first half, I was thinking – Jack Doyle is going to be Andrew's player of the game, I bet. And I said, <laughs> and I think I'm going to go with Carson Wentz the way things are going right now. But mm-hmm. you guess what? I don't have a Colts player of the game because I don't pick because losers. Yeah, there you go. No, no moral victories for Brandon Moses. Not anymore. Not this year. Uh, as I as I give us one earlier, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. Do we have anything else? That's it. For that's tonight. it. That's it. Go follow us at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Pretty simple spelling, a Colts podcast. I'm not. I don't need to do it for you. Okay, you guys are big kids. You can figure it out. Um, more com. Lamar is going to hand this to the Browns. That that'll be wonderful. Um, we need. I'm, I'm down for a Browns loss. Uh, stats, Matt. Sorry, you couldn't link up with Andrew today. Uh, once he gets in, once he gets to those seats, there's no leaving. Well, I got there late today, so uh, the lot we normally park in, the, t- the normal tailgate lot, yeah. got there, lot was closed. It was full by the time I got there. First time that's ever happened. Pretty yeah, wild. Did you but, go to that uh, other spot we used to park at? Or that one spot we parked at one time when me and Danny and Paige went last year? Uh, no, that was because that was like three streets over, and I was like, nah, I got to gotta find a park. So I parked in this random lot never parked in before. wasn't too bad. Five bucks? Still twenty. Twenty dollars. Oh, great. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh we'll see you Wednesday night, as per usual, I believe. Uh until then, go Colts. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.